Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds. KGRA Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and today we have a very special guest, Melissa Fike, author of the book, A Radical Approach to Akashic Records, Master Your Life and Raise Your Vibration. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate being here with you. Yeah, and like I mentioned before we, we started recording, I, I've read your book real, literally like four times. And I can't believe <laughs> I was so, so happy this morning to see that you were my guest. Yes, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. It's awesome. Um, so the, how, how did, what got you started into this field? Well, that's a long story. So um, I've been actually a spiritual teacher since the late 1999, I think I, or 98, I did my first class. And I've always studied spirituality in college. I was doing everybody's astrology charts when I was in high school. I was into astrology. And um, I think spiritually, I've always had this interest and and drive to understand things. And the world didn't make a lot of sense in some ways. And I always felt there was something more. And that's really what opened me up to spirituality. And I am just driven because I love people and I find people fascinating. So I'm always interested in what's happening with people and how do they perceive things and what's really going on underneath that. And it's just, it's just a passion. People, I love people. And I love animals uh, and earth and everything <laughs> else, but people just fascinate me. That's great. Um, so, so when you were doing astrology, how much insight did that, did that, is that what started giving you insight into some of the stuff that's in your book, the connections between um, matter and consciousness and intention? I'd probably say astrology was just a springboard off of what I've discovered since then. I kind of left astrology in um, the 90s-ish, and I really got more into um, meditation and reading books on angels and guides, anything I could get my hands on. And of course, this was before the internet was really even popular. So really the only way to find those pl- books were to actually walk into a bookstore. <laughs> there was no Amazon. <laughs> and I would try to find any bookstore I could. And intuition was fascinating with me to me. And um, I don't think it's just one thing. And I that's what I think is so unique about us as humans. It's never just one thing. It's so many different things that come to us and we use them and see them. And if we can place them in different places and put them together, then we have a whole wisdom. So it's not really about the knowledge that you accumulate because that's easy to do. It's really about the wisdom that you gain 
from that knowledge and practical using practical tools to help you grow and expand your awareness or consciousness. Yeah, I, I used to do the same thing. I would go to the bookstore and just grab a bunch of books and sit on the floor and read bits and pieces of them all. Um, yeah. <laughs> for the internet. <laughs> um, <laughs> so how did you, what, what was your first experience? What, like, like when it comes to like the quantum side of consciousness, was it meditation? Um, I think my first real connection was for some reason I just surrendered into my intuition really quickly where a lot of people struggle with that. And when I started to feel deeply and connect to all these other beings, I would be one of the few people who would say, I don't care who I talk to. I was more open as long as they came from love and in the light, I was open and what I found in that is that that kept on expanding my consciousness. So it wasn't just meditation. It was being available to information beyond this realm. And I believe that that's where we're headed in the ascension process is really to expand our consciousness and to stop being so caught up in just the illusionary experience. Now, look, I get it. You know, you still have to go to the grocery store or, or at least online, get groceries and cook a meal once in a while. Um, so there is a reality, but knowing that there's more an expansion. So I believe that because I was always willing, um, and when I first started this, I would hear people say, oh, well, I talk to Jesus or I talk to Archangel Michael. And I thought, you know, that seems to me too egoic. And I'm looking to just bring through whatever the highest and best is for the moment. And that I think that that openness without fear and diving in, I think that that just helped me connect to higher and higher frequencies, which opened me up to the quantum field. And I find the quantum field really fascinating. And I look up um, articles because I could never read a book. Well, I've read a couple books on quantum field, but I always look up articles on entanglement and how the quantum field works. And I make spiritual assumptions from that experience those that knowledge um when you bring up like, like the word just the word itself consciousness it's so hard to define um what do you how would you define consciousness well we're there are levels of consciousness, but to mm -hmm. me, the consciousness that I'm always speaking of is like the higher consciousness. It's the consciousness that's beyond the ego self. It is beyond the part of us that keeps us in a box. And once you start opening and expanding consciousness, it's the availability. So you have lower consciousness, which is like the ego self, uh -huh. and higher consciousness, which is connected to our dimensional, multidimensional self. 
And for me, I explain it that way. And I don't define consciousness in the respect of there's a definition of it, but how I like to perceive how consciousness is um, can be available to us or can help us is to expand that consciousness so I'm connected more to a collective consciousness. And that collective consciousness is part of the quantum field because we're all interacting on a higher level than even how we're talking, Gary. Um, we're talking to each other verbally, but consciously we're experiencing so much more and being more open and we're communicating in ways that we're probably not even aware. And the reason is because I was, um, I used to always, I've taught intuitive development for over 15 years. So it's really a passion of mine to help people open up their consciousness through intuition. But when um, about maybe five or six years ago, my um, dimensional guides, I call them because they're more than just like their collective consciousnesses. They're not just one guide much anymore. They started telling me it, the, that telepathy is the key to opening up your consciousness. And I don't mean reading people's mind. I mean receiving information in a moment. So some people call it downloads or an automatic experience. And that telepathy is expands, expands, and expands. Um, so to me, consciousness is being able to communicate in a very unique way. Let's just call it telepathy at the moment. Maybe there'll be a better word in the future. But to me, consciousness and using your higher consciousness is about communicating in a more profound, intimate way. Cool. I think it was your book was the first time I kind of got the idea that um, the brain is not just a something that stores information, but it can also act like an antenna to get information. And, and, and it just changes my whole perspective of things. Just that simple fact that, you know, maybe not even my, even the things I think I remember, maybe I don't actually, there may not even be my own memories. It could be something, you know, that I was just coming down or everything I think. It isn't really my own thought. It's just something that I'm picking up. Yes. Well, the brain, I believe, so you have the mind or the consciousness, and then you have the brain that filters through the information. Um, if I said something to you like, this is my favorite thing, you may filter it in a different way because of your own programming, mm -hmm. because of what you've experienced in your life, your subconscious. But if you use your brain as a way to allow that information to come through and bring it through as wisdom, then you're going to have a whole new experience. And the brain is fascinating. Um, you know, I don't know if you know this, but I am, um, I went to school for psychology and I only got my, you know, undergraduate degree. So that's all I have. But I went into it because I thought this is fascinating. And then we studied neuropsychology and I learned about how 
everything was connected and how it spoke to the, the brain speaks to the body. And, and I thought, wow, that's fascinating. And we have this brain and if we're using it correctly, it really needs to be in coherence with our heart. Because if the brain just keeps itself as, an, as a separate entity, then it has all sorts of things to say. And most of the things it has to say aren't really true. And we know that in our self-speak. So, you know, my, my mind might say, well, that's not really smart to do, or you should judge that person because they're doing that and you don't believe in mm -hmm. that. And the brain then, when that happens, it creates chemicals that interact with the physical form and the emotional, mental, physical bodies. So when you hear negative things or you allow yourself to think negative things, you're actually triggering the emotional, mental bodies to believe in that, to hold that into their belief system. And then that creates a perception that is hard to change because you're so ingrained in that belief system. And I believe everything's perception. And sometimes if I see something, Gary, or experience something and I perceive it one way, I ask myself, just as a game, like I play games uh -huh. with myself, <laughs> just as a game, I'll say, if I were looking at that differently, what would be a different perspective? And it's just for fun I do that, just to see what else I could come up with. Interesting. Like one of the things that really has changed the way I looked at things was meditation. Because um, I think before I started meditating, I just assumed that all my thoughts were real. But once I started practicing meditation, I learned to step back and just look at my thoughts and not interact with them and not let them control me and just sort of be neutral. Um, it really changed how I, I view reality. And, and because of that, now when I look at reality, I, I know that not all my perceptions are true. In fact, probably most of them are not true. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell my clients, just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean the thought's important. It's just a thought. It means nothing. It's only the power you give that thought that brings it into either, usually because we live in a duality world, is either negative or positive. Mm -hmm. And the thought is just a thought. That's all it is. And we get wrapped up in our thoughts and we loop them around and we become a hostage to our thoughts. And I agree. Um, a lot of my meditations I actually create to help people expand their consciousness. And that is because I believe when you open up your consciousness to help your heart open and help your mind and perspective open, you're less likely to be hostage to those thoughts that yeah. we think every day. Yeah, it's like being a prisoner of yourself. <laughs> yes. It's so strange. And, and, and I think for a lot of people, too, it's, it's hard to, to break out of that prison. Yes. Well, we actually, 
worship the mind or the brain, we'll call it, not the higher mind, but um, intelligence in our societies. And what I really believe that we should really be worshiping or, or expressing more is our creativity. But if you're really smart or you use your brain in a very special way, you get kudos from the world. Um, we started that in elementary school. Oh, if you can add your numbers, then you're smart. If you can't, then you're not. Mm -hmm. And we use that as a way to evaluate how um, productive or valuable you are in a society. And I find that that is detrimental to us as a society. Um, and I'll say the U.S. because that's really where I'm from and I know more of. But um, I believe we really should be cultivating creativity. I always thought I wasn't creative because I couldn't draw or do things that I saw my friends do. But then as I got a little bit older, I was like, wow, I'm super creative. That's why I kind of have like ADD. I, I'm all over the place. I'm thinking about this and thinking about that idea and, and writing down great things to do or write about or think about or experience. And we don't cultivate that in our world. We think it has to do with the brain. But if you marry your brain and your heart and your body, actually, you're going to be much more creative than you if you just use your mind. I have to agree. Like, I know myself, like, I, I hated going to school. And, and all I wanted to do was play music. So, mm -hmm. I was like, I, so for me, it was like the opposite. Like I just didn't want to learn how to do math and read. I wanted to <laughs> be creative. And, and it was like almost like I was being punished for that. Yeah, because we, yes. I mean, unfortunately, it's our society because we believe that intelligence will help our society grow and be productive. But really, it does have to do with our heart. And we're, that's what I think we're moving into in our ascension process is really about being in our heart more and instead of in our perception of the world. Yeah. Um, and and how, like when it comes like, to our heart, um, what type of methods that would a person use to connect with their heart? Would they use like maybe like a chakra meditation or... Um, a mantra or, or how, how would a person do that? I, I would love to share actually. Um, I created something called the divine love meditation and it's free on my website, melissafike.com. And this is a heart opening meditation. I channeled it in a class and I just happened to be recording the class, which I don't always do or at that point, I had not always done. Now I've been online for the last few years and I do record all my classes, but this meditation was so profound and deep for everyone that they were all asking for the recording. So I gave them a rough copy and then I started listening to it. I was like, wow, this feels really good. 
And what I was told is that um, lightworkers, spiritual people, star seeds, anyone who sees perception beyond the here, like the box that we put ourselves in, we are great at giving. Giving is all so easy for people like us, Gary, right? Giving <laughs> is our way. We love right. to give. We can't help but give. But receiving is always a little difficult. And if we can give and receive from our heart openly, then we're receiving and giving in a very profound way. And this meditation was designed by spirit, not by me, by spirit to experience that given receiving of love. Because if you can give love openly and receive love openly, that opens you up to the universe and receiving more and opening up your heart and learning how to not just open up your heart to give. Because think about this, the heart itself, the physical heart has a valve that blood goes into and a valve that blood goes out of. So there's a giving and receiving in your heart, the physical heart. So there has to be a giving and receiving within the heart chakra. And then there's something called the spiritual heart, which is the heart beyond hearts. And it's not the thymus gland. It's not that heart. It's the energetic heart that is at a higher vibration than the chakra heart. And once you really activate your heart, you move into the spiritual heart, which is where you see the world and those around you, like I see you, I see you through love, through a divinity and divine expression that I wouldn't if I, my spiritual heart wasn't activated. But you have to activate that heart chakra. And meditation is one way. Um, and clearing out your energy and clearing out your chakras, definitely, absolutely. But also, um, and it's a free gift that I have on my website, and I'm not trying to promote that. It's not uh -huh. about that. But I actually felt compelled that this, I wanted everybody to receive this. And I get a lot of comments from people. They're like, this is the most profound meditation I've ever experienced. I felt so open and loving. It was hard for me to receive it first, but I've really stuck with it. And I'm so right. grateful for that. And um, yeah, I believe that this is part of my um, expression to help others. And, and I'm just lucky enough to have received the information from spirit. No, I know what share. I'm going to be doing after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, when you're receiving information from an outside source, how do you tell the difference whether it's an actual being coming speaking to you through love or if it's your just your imagination? Or, or do we even have anything that's actually our own imagination? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I've taught intuitive development for so long, I, that question is asked often. And one of the things I tell people is, who cares if it's your imagination? Weren't you more psychic as a kid when you were using your imagination? Because intuitive experience is more of an opening experience. And sometimes you have to have a really great imagination to 
have intuition. Now, the other part of intuition that I like to tell people is let's be really honest. Everything, everything has to come through your higher self or your higher consciousness. So technically, everything's coming from you. And if we're all one, everything's always coming from you. If you hold a lot of fear and you keep a lot of fear in your energy field, you're more likely to receive information that's a little bit more fearful because it's resonating with your consciousness. It's, it's an attraction. And if you are more open and heart open, you're going to experience more of that. Um, I believe that we receive information all the time. It's are you listening? Are you open? Uh Because we have to be receiving information. If you and I are hanging out in a room, it's not just what we see with each other or how we hear each other or how we perceive each other. There's so much more going on energetically. And I watch this all the time. And to go back to thoughts, I'll give you an example of thoughts that I see. So when I see people's thought forms, I'll see somebody have a thought form and it'll be a very quick, like little peter out energy. Like it spirals up and it peters out like a puff of smoke. And then other times I'll see their thought forms and it's powerful and I can see it build energy and I can see how it is either darker or more vibrant depending on the um, frequency of that thought form. Mm -hmm. And what I realized when I was shown all of this, what I was told is that we are bringing forward the energy from those thought forms. And if the thought form peters up out, then there's no emotion behind that thought form. If it's a strong, powerful emotion, um, thought form, then there's a lot of emotion behind that thought form. And I, I try to explain this to people when they're trying to create in the world, right? Because we're creative beings and we're always creating our experience. What emotion are you putting behind it to create a more profound experience for yourself and what's the thought form. Um, and I know I went off on a different tangent, but that's what they told me to talk about. So when, when we have these, one of the things that I sometimes struggle with is, um, you know, when I'm not meditating, when I'm just doing, going through ordinary, my everyday life, I find myself being sometimes judgmental and harsh and then i catch myself doing it and i'm like why why am i having these negative thoughts and then i kind of start wrestling with myself once i start wrestling with myself it actually just makes it worse (laughs) you know but but as soon as i just sort of give up on it just you know like you said kind of let it peter out then it goes away Yeah, if that were me, I would go in and ask myself, what in me am I perceiving in others? Because I believe that we, right now, we have one mind, the self, but then in like the law of one, they call the other self. So you have self and other self. Other self are the people around you, the other beings, Mm -hmm. whether they're in form or not in form. And we project our issues on everyone around us. So if I find myself being judgmental, I go inside and ask myself, what in myself am I afraid of? Or what am I trying to hide? Or what do I not want to see in myself? 
that I'm perceiving in another. And um, that helps me recognize that it's really about me because self and other self are all the same. We're all just Mm -hmm. in this together. And then we go hang out in the ethers and we're all like, hey, dude, I judged you once, but guess what? I'm... I get it now. And, and I'm so sorry I judged you, dude, because you're awesome. And they're like, you're awesome too. We love each other. Yay. <laughs> um, so it's hard because look, we really are living in a very 3D concrete world and, and be gentle with yourself and be loving with yourself and recognize that just because that experience happened does, doesn't mean that you need to hold on to it. Uh-huh. Look at it deeply so that you can transcend it and that will hold you in a whole different, don't hold on to guilt or anger or um, fear of self or any of that because those are lower emotions. And I'm not saying spiritually bypass. Uh I'm talking about like deep introspection and releasing any of that. How about um, like using intention, like going out into the world and say, Say to myself, before I got to, you know, I just intend to love everybody today. I think that's important. So intention is really a focused energy. And if you focus your energy, that helps people be more aware and cognizant of what's going on around them. So I love intention. I use intention all the time, every, you know, with many different things. Uh, before we got online, I went inside and I said, show me what is needed here and help me be an open channel for that information. And to me, that's an intention. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, and I think that's one of the things, it took me a long time to learn how important and how powerful intention is. Yeah, because it brings you into a very clear focus. Think about this. If you're, have you ever sat down and just, you had to write an email and it wasn't an email you're all gung-ho about. It was like, oh, I have to write this email. (laughs) And because you didn't have the intention to, your intention is to write this email and get through it. Well, that intention is going to bring a whole different energy to that email than saying my intention is to bring love or experience to um, help this person or to share the information or to explain myself well. That will help focus the energy. And um, you know what, Gary? This is how I see it. We're always creating. We are consistent creators. We are co-creators with our experience here. We co-create with, you know, the quantum field, the oneness, God, whatever you want to call it. We co-create with each other. But most of the time, our own personal creations are super chaotic. Our creations are just as chaotic as our thoughts and our feelings. When you use intention, it focuses your creative ability. It focus your, focuses your energy. So then your creations aren't so chaotic. They're more focused and grounded. It, that makes so much sense. Like, it's kind of like, uh, 
like I, I play guitar, for instance, and when I sit down and I play guitar within with an intention and within a certain framework, it's not chaos. It's music. But if I do it without that, then it's just noise. Right. So it's kind of like an analogy for what you're saying. Absolutely. Great analogy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the acoustic the Akashic records, um, what benefit is there for people to connect and be able to go there? Well, there, okay. So before we start about connecting and going there, Mm -hmm. I just want to, um, explain a little bit of a difference in the Akashic records. So there are levels to the Akashic records, the level that's closest to our plane of existence, those Akashic records are just for this, this any lifetimes that you've had on the earth plane, and they're only connected to anything on the earth plane. And they hold a lot of past life experience and collective consciousness experience for humans and maybe other beings who are connected to the earth plane. Personally, I used to do that work many, many, many moons ago. (laughs) We won't talk about how long ago, Gary. (laughs) Um, But what has the reason I started working in the Akashic Records again is because I got a full download, a full download of actually the book I wrote um, of why we need to get to the next level of the Akashic Records. And that's on the quantum field. Now, the quantum field is the, actually the energy of pure potential. And many people will say, well, there's nothing on the quantum field at all. But it is. It's a living frequency. The quantum field is literally the most living energy I've ever experienced. And in there, what they showed me is we can rewrite our records in there in a way that we can't do on the lower planes of existence, like on the, um, on the emotional, mental, or physical planes. In the quantum field, we can, if we transcend some of those lower energies, we can actually rewrite our karmic patterns and expression. And I look at karma a little bit differently than most. I don't see karma as anything but the patterns that we came here to transcend. That's it. Very simple. It's not like, oh, I killed you in one lifetime. Now you're going to have to like abuse me in this lifetime. It's not that cut and dry. It's the bigger patterns because we're moving from a very linear way of thinking into an expansive way of experiencing our world. So think about it. The last like couple thousand years, we see everything linear, uh-huh. you know, past, present, future. But we're moving into a whole new energy system. And that energy system is more expansive in experience. And if we only look at the past life, future life, and present life, we're missing the opportunity to transcend the larger patterns. So it's not just about one lifetime, but maybe about 
50 lifetimes and the experiences that you have here. As a matter of fact, very rarely in the Akashic Records in the quantum field do I experience people's past lives. And this is why they told what they told me about this is if you focus too much on past lives, you're missing the opportunity to transcend and transmute because it's just another story. And let's be honest, Gary, we have so many stories. Do you need another story of your life? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I got plenty. I know you have plenty. We all have plenty of stories. And it's more than just the story of the past life of like you and I hung out in Greece and, um, you know, that story is just another story. And we can watch many movies to gain many, many stories. It's really about the larger pattern. And what's the larger pattern is that maybe a pattern of abuse that you came here and now you've lived through a lot of abuse in your life and and very profound, difficult abuse. And you're thinking, well, maybe if I understood the past lives, maybe I'd understand why that person or that person abused me. But really it's the pattern of abuse. It's the pattern of victimization. And I think that everybody in our world has that pattern of victimization. And we're all here to transcend that pattern. And when you go to the Akashic Records on the quantum field, you can actually rewrite that pattern. And then when you rewrite that pattern, you're no longer stuck in the lower chakras, lower egoic self of victimization. And you're more open consciously to a whole new consciousness and level of experience. Um, So Uh the reason I'm going to go back because I didn't actually answer your question. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You you kind of did. Actually, before we do that, um, I I was listening to your answer and and going back and rewriting our records, it almost sounds like time travel. Like we're traveling back and and we're just going to rewrite it. Yes, in a way, because if, so in the quantum field, there is no past, present, future. And even in our world, it's the illusion that yesterday happened and tomorrow's going to happen. Meaning, I mean, to us, it looks real. Like I get that. I get that it's like there is a tomorrow and I have to, you know, still put my dog out later today. You know, there, that's a reality. But in our creation abilities, there is no past, present, future. Everything's happening now. And from the higher perspective, it's all happening now. So when you're rewriting it, you're actually re-experiencing that experience. And I'll tell, give, let me give you an example of that if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's a personal example. And I'm using my own personal experiences because I can be real and honest with them and help you understand. Um, So I had a very bad experience when I was about 13 years old. It was very traumatizing. And um, I actually forgot about this experience for the last like eight years, maybe, um, because I did a lot of work and I rewrote that experience. And I only remembered it recently because it came up as for me to use an example, but honestly, I know I, it doesn't affect me. 
I don't think about it. I don't even, even now talking about it, if I told you the story, I'd be like, it doesn't even matter what the story is. Because to me, it no longer is in my energy field. It's no longer who I am. So I rewrote those that those records, not just in the Akashic records, but also in my cellular memory, also in my, um, you know, mind, body, spirit, also in along my genetic or DNA line. Mm -hmm. None of these things are, it's no longer part of me or my experience. In other words, I am no longer holding that pattern or story in my energy field. So it's no longer in my records. So when I'm looking at the next lifetime, no matter where I choose to go, because it's so funny, people are like, well, I want to be done with lifetimes. I'm like, I don't. (laughs) What's my next experience? Like, maybe I'll be in, you know, hanging out with beings on planetary XYZ. And we're all like, singing hallelujah, like, what is it going to be? And, mm-hmm. and I want to be open to that. And, but I don't need to bring this pattern with me to those experiences. Um, do you think like letting go of these patterns and changing them in the Akashic record is more beneficial than like psychotherapy? Or like sometimes like I think um, even like psychotherapy almost holds people back a little bit. You know, I cannot really speak to that because mm-hmm. I've never actually experienced every anybody I've ever been to has always been spiritual. Um, although I did experience psychology in class, I real in school, in college, I realized that people, the psychologists are a little crazy. So I thought, <laughs> wow, they're a little wacky. Um, they haven't worked on their issues. That's what I realized in college. I was like, well, they haven't worked on their issues. What does that mean? Um, So I do believe that when we utilize talk type of therapy and even behavioral therapy, it's only going to get so deep because we have experiences that are frozen in our body. And they're frozen there because in that moment, so let's say you have a trauma and it can, a trauma is anything, anything, anything that made you feel unsafe. It can be such a um, mundane experience and it doesn't have to be like a, you know, I beat the hell out of you kind of experience. And so any traumas that we have not processed properly will be stuck in the cellular energy, which is then written in our records on all levels. It's also in, um, a lot of times it's in our DNA. It gets held in our DNA. And then we react weird. Here we are 40 years old and we're reacting weird. And we're like, well, why am I reacting so weird? Well, it's because of that frozen energy. And that's why when... I was told about the Akashic Records, what they said to me is, we want people to start um, healing things multidimensionally. 
not just on the level of healing on the mind or the body or the spirit, but all levels because we're all one unit. We're not just a body or just a mind or just an energy system, um, just chakras or just you know a pancreas. We are a dimensional being. And in order to ascend and raise our consciousness, we need to work multidimensionally. Now, not everybody's ready for that. So if they're ready more for psychotherapy, for some insight into their life, maybe that will help them. Um, I believe that people are guided to what's best for them in the moment and what is an energetic match. So yeah, some people may not, like people don't always resonate with what I do. Um, and that's cool because I, I feel like if we only had one way to do something, that would be detrimental to our growth and evolution as a human species. Um, I think that we have all sorts of fun, interesting things and ways to do things. Personally, I like this. It has made a huge difference in my life and my client's life, but you know, it's not for everybody. Right. Yeah. I, I, and I have to agree. Um, for some, somehow the universe just provides people with what they need. And, and if it's just a little, you know, if it's the psych, psychological therapy, that's the point that they're at and that's what they need. And then later on, maybe to be something deeper. Um, one of the things that really, liked about your description was you said like you know these patterns are like frozen and, and in my mind like I, you know i just pictured like this this block of ice and then watching it dissolve and melt defrost into a liquid that's not solid anymore and you know as we all know sort of like a liquid is part of a hole you know like the ocean or something like that so I don't know, just, that's just sort of like what popped up into my head when you were giving that description. Yeah, but you know, I love that. And I love the melting of ice. But what you want to understand is that it's frozen on so many dimensions. Right. That's the, the profound part of it. So what's frozen in there? The trauma itself, the emotions that you had from that trauma, any thoughts that you have from that trauma. And, and really, of, of course, the trauma itself, the pattern that it's entangled with in that trauma, all of these things are frozen there. And I find that people, um, you know, when I'm working with them one-on-one, I'm trying to dive in there and I profoundly see all these things. So when I'm working on somebody one-on-one, I actually go with them and I can really see where it's frozen, how it's frozen, what the feelings are, um, the fight, flight, freeze, hide that's frozen in there, that unsafety factor. And the, the profoundness of why we keep that stuff is amazing because you would think, well, I had that trauma. I don't want to, like, I don't want to keep that. That would be stupid to keep that. But we do. And you know why, Gary? Because it works for us. So think about this. Some, a lot of people keep their victimization and their stories of victimization and their traumas of victimization because they may actually subconsciously, right? Subconsciously mm -hmm. believe that it's their empowerment. 
it's how their family interacts with each other. So if I'm not the victim, then I don't belong to my family anymore. If I'm not the victim, then how am I going to get people to do things for me? And of course, remember the subconscious mind rules 95% of our lives. Yikes. So really, you think you're conscious of things, you're really not. <laughs> Maybe 5% of your waking life, yes, but the other 95%, you're totally in your subconscious. And why not make your subconscious more of a higher consciousness? And you can't force that to happen. You have to let go or transcend. I call it transcend or transmute those lower traumas or frequencies to bring forward and yeah, it's all frozen in there like a big block of ice. Absolutely. So during the extension, the extension process, um, does it, is it happening to just certain individuals? Is it something that happens to all individuals? Or is it like a planetary thing? Is, is it like Gaia that's extending? Great question. Um, so I'll give you my perspective on it. I'm not saying, of course, that anything is right or wrong because... There is no such thing as right or wrong, by the way. Um, that's our duality speaking. Um, but my perception is that the ascension process is all about evolution. It is happening to all beings on this planet, but at different frequencies. Now, yes, Gaia is definitely going through her ascension. We're all moving through the ascension together. Um, but it's at level. So some people may wake up tomorrow and exceed our level, Gary. And that's why I don't say like, don't assume that the muggles of the world are not doing their part or not ascending. They may actually be our catalysts for our ascension, which is a beautiful role in ascension. So think about the person that maybe society hates the most right now, um, or the world finds as a character. And maybe that person is actually there to, and I don't mean one person, I'm talking about anyone. It could be, you know, Tom Cruise to, you know, Mother Teresa. I don't, it doesn't matter who it is. They are the catalysts of us to look at our own shadow, to look at ourselves. And if we are not utilizing that catalyst for our own growth, then we are missing the ascension. And we may think, well, I meditate every day, so I must be in the ascension, but not necessarily <laughs> because you're not utilizing and growing as a consciousness, as a being and experience, and we're here to experience stuff, right? Uh -huh. yeah. um, and I'll, I could talk about that later about creation and experiencing, which is my passion. But these beings are also part of our ascension process because they are our catalyst. They're the ones to say to us, do you see your shadow? If you hate me or you think I'm an idiot, then maybe you should look at that in your own shadow self. Instead of being triggered by me, what's going on inside? Let me help you find your next level of energy, consciousness, ascension, and um, shadow. That's such a beautiful so, yeah. perspective. 
Yeah, <laughs> that was actually channeled to me. Um, I won't even talk about what it is because I, I get a lot of grief for it. But um, about four years ago, it was channeled to me right after someone was elected that we're actually here. To, it's some, we need these catalysts mm-hmm. to push us, to push us, to push us. I mean, think about it. In the last four years, have we, let's just think about this. What's come out? all stuff about, um, you know, Tom Cruise's religion, let's say. That's a big catalyst for a lot of people. They're like, wow, that's how that works. Wow. How did they control people like that? Um, Another catalyst is, you know, Black Lives Matter. Wow. It's not just about Black Lives Matter. It's really about the energy of what are we trying to keep in a box of the past and where are we trying to move forward? And who do we want to be in this experience? And all of these things are great, beautiful opportunities. And if I see the opportunity as a bad thing, then I'm actually resisting my ascension personally. If we believe that these things are bad that are happening around us, or negative in any way, then we are resisting the possibility of us ascending as a whole. So yes, I do believe Gaia's and all of us are ascending um, as a unit, as a collective. But my personal, again, opinion is, I remember back in 2012, everybody's like, Ascension, we're all going to like, <laughs> everybody's going to move into 5D, 5D, yep, yep, yep. Um, and I would say, no, it's not going to be the light switch. It's more going to be the dimmer. We're going to gradually move in. And I remember, I mean, I was te- teaching Ascension at that time. Um, I was, it was my passion. I would do all these Ascension classes and create amazing grids in them. I love Ascension. So anyway, um, and now I'm like, wow, 2020. Now I'm really feeling the process. And that took eight years Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, to experience that. Um, And we are just at the precipice, just at the very, very beginning of this ascension. Although I do believe that the the, um, main catalyst of our ascension was the um, harmonic conversions in, um, uh, I think it was 83, 84-ish. Um, I do believe that that was our very actual beginning of our um, process, but who knows? I mean, our time, time's different. So let's say in this moment, we're going to say it could take 100, 300 years, and then maybe in 100 years, it will actually take just a second because time is just a... um, I think time is changing and how we perceive time is definitely changing. Yeah. Yeah. I just love this stuff, by the way. And I apologize if I'm like, go on and on, but it oh, is such a great. passion for it's me. It's awesome. I love it. And um, during the ascension process, um, like I think like some people feel like, you know, like everything's just going to disappear or angels are going to come down or, um, you know, all this knowledge will just, we would totally be just aware of everything that exists. And, um, it, it, I mean, what, what exactly do you think 
I, mean, like I know it has to do with vibration, you know, rising up in the vibrational level. Um, but what do you think people can ex um, expect to experience during the process? That's a great question. Um, well, so think about this. When we pass, and I've talked to enough people who have passed, um, they see things in a very broader perception, especially depending on where they hit on the levels, because not everybody goes to the same place, as opposed to what religions want to tell you. Everybody goes to someplace a little bit different um, to their own energy vibration. At least that's my perception. I'm not saying that's true, but that's just my perception. Um, so it's going to be different for everyone. Um, so let's say someone who's a little bit more of a muggle and, and does the grinding of earth, you know, worldly things, they may keep on having negative catalysts to try to help them grow and more, be more heart open and because their, their heart might be closed off and they get catalyst after catalyst to push them outside of their comfort zone. That's their ascension process. Someone else, like um, maybe um, Sally's ascension process, is really about um, learning to be open to receiving from other people and not um, self-abusing herself so much and giving to the point of her own illnesses and sickness. Um, and maybe, you know, Another person's ascension is really about letting go of their past and, and expanding their consciousness. I don't believe that it's a one-stop shop because we're so unique, not just as individuals, but as a consciousness. And I said, hey, dudes, I'm going to come here and I'm going to experience my personal ascension as a catalyst to help others experience their ascension. I really feel guided and, and I feel like this is a loving service I can do. And, but that's not for everybody. Like that wouldn't make sense to certain people and that wouldn't work for them. But that's my unique experience. Now I am going to say once we hit a certain frequency, and we're already there, like we're already hitting that. I noticed um, in the last like maybe five years, the difference of um, what took me maybe 10 years to be able to transcend and transmute are taking people three months. So we're moving into a higher state of consciousness. And again, there's not one way to see ascension. It is so personal, but collective. So we're all here together experiencing it so that we can go back. And when we go ba back, we can choose, are we going to get to the next level of our ascension? Because it doesn't end. There's no end game in ascension, by the way. There's no end game. Really it just keeps end. on going? <laughs> no. Well, think about it. Do you want to just now only live in one little experience? No. 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 I don't. I, I want to. What else is there? So I've traveled multidimensionally. And there's so much to experience. Like I've experienced different beings and how they live and how they experience it. 
why would I want to limit that? And we understand that once we move past this reality that we're in. Um, and I think that's part of the ascension process for us as humans. So let's go back to being human, right? I'm go going a little galactic-y there. But as humans, our individual experience is what we're going we're gonna to experience. It's going to be unique. Some people may all of a sudden get a great download of how they're going to teach others um, how to live in a place of um, creativity. And that's their ascension process. And some, yes, I do believe once we hit a certain frequency, the veil will thin. And we definitely, I already see the veil thinning. But it's thinning in a different way. And it's interesting because I see the, and what they're showing me right now. So let me just um, express what, I'm experiencing and, and seeing, the veil is thinning on very a couple different levels. It's opening us up to the possibility of moving into negative energy and the possibility of opening up to higher consciousness energy. And some people in that veil are do want to connect to that lower energies. And I'm not talking like bad, bad juju entities who want to like destroy the world or I don't believe in that. that nothing can be destroyed. Hello. I mean, <laughs> Einstein proved that. So it can't be destroyed. People, we're all safe. Even if the earth died tomorrow and we all like dissipated into the ethers, hello, we're still consciousness. We're still moving on. Um, I don't adhere to that energy. But some people are moving into maybe a negative energy because that's what they need to experience. They will not hit the next level of frequency because they're choosing to hold themselves into negative 3D or negative energy on some level. I don't know what level, just some level. Um, but tomorrow, that same person who chose the negative may flip. And that's the beauty of ascension. It's not linear. It's expanded. And they may flip <laughs> mm -hmm. and actually become the lightest light being you've ever experienced. So I never look at anybody like, oh, they're bad. I don't know. I'm not judging them. <laughs> that wouldn't be fair. So what to expect is to be open to what's possible. Now, my personal opinion is let's open up to people for, to, for us to have more of a higher consciousness and live more in truth and heart. Um, because even the law of one, and I know I'm, um, I'm not going to quote it because that book is very, those books are sometimes a little too much brain candy and I have to really sit with it. But how I understand it is that we're moving into a place of heart and that's the key. Um, and being more heart open and um, being loving, more loving and kind and not pretend love kind. I see that all the time in the world. I mean, genuine, not just pretend, meaning that I feel it on every level. I don't have to say a nice thing to you for you to feel the love. And that's, there's a difference energetically. 
Yeah, people can definitely feel it. It doesn't need to be said. Um, is this process being guided by uh, other beings? Are there other beings involved in this process that are guiding the human race? My perception, my personal perception is yes, absolutely. Um, there are many different energies. Some are at a very high, high frequency, and you have to hit a higher frequency for them to um, work more on our dimension, in our dimension or with certain people. So we actually have to be a higher frequency for them to bring their frequency to us. Um, and yes, there are beings who are helping us, I believe galactic beings, uh, beings absolutely are working with us. And also, and this is important for everybody to understand, we as higher consciousness beings, we're also doing it because we are not fully most people haven't fully integrated their higher consciousness or the higher self. So that being is also working with us as a collective. Um, who that would be, I don't, I have my understanding of that, different entities. I know certain galactic beings that I personally work with. Um, I do work with a lot of the Lyran consciousness um, and that's because I have an affinity for that energy, definitely the Palladians. Um, but there's also these beings that I wouldn't even know how to explain where they're from because they don't feel like anything. Um, they don't feel so planetary. They feel more collective consciousness. And even the Lyrans, there are definitely collective consciousness in there. Um, I think the higher frequencies of some of these beings are also um, working with us. I don't talk a lot about that because I find people take that and want to make it into almost their new religion. Mm -hmm. And I believe that that, you know, that's why I'm so, I like being open like I always just say, hey, dude, show me. Like, just show me. And I don't hold my belief systems as a, I don't anchor in my belief systems as this is what it is. I look at it as this is how I perceive this now, but I'm open to new perceptions. And I believe, and I want other people to do that. And that's why I'm sharing this. It has nothing to do with that I've got it down or I understand it any better than we're all in this together. And let's just, if I can help you understand it differently, awesome. If you can help me understand it differently, great. Like, let's all do this together. Um, but I like to be more open-minded. And I was taught that by my um, parents. I was raised Catholic. But what I noticed about my parents were they were pretty open-minded and um, for their generation, my mom just turned 90, and for their generation, they were very open-minded. I'm not saying they didn't have like limiting beliefs or anything like that, or they didn't have their issues. They absolutely did. But they taught me to not just look at something just because somebody tells me that that's the way it is. Um, 
that maybe there's a different way to look at it. Yeah. Like a lot of it has to do, I think, with how we frame things. Um, and, and kind of like, like along with that, like I know like you, you do talk a lot about um, how people can create their own reality. And, and what, what kind of suggestions would you make for people that, you know, are ready to do that? Awesome. Now, I love this question. Love it, love it. Thank you. Creation. Let's just be honest. You're always creating. There never is a moment in your life, in your experience here or anywhere from what I've gathered, that you're not creating some sort of an experience or reality. The problem is, are you creatively experiencing it in a focused way, or are you chaotically experiencing it in an unfocused way, right? We talked about that with intention. Mm-hmm. When you, so you're always creating. So that's really important to understand. Yes. And I hate to say this because I, people sometimes give me crap about it, but yes, you did create that abuse even at a young age. You are not responsible that you had a bad experience but you still created that experience to have, you chose to have that. Are you the victim of that creative, that expression of your experience or are you going to find empowerment from it? And I don't mean like now I'm going to be the advocate for everybody who's ever been abused. I'm talking about internally, not an external, but internal experience. So, are you created ha- creating haphazardly or are you creating f- focused in a focused way? Intention helps that, obviously. But also recognizing that you have the ability to change any perspective or creation that you experience. And it's always from the energy that you hold. You can't sit and hate on everybody on TV and the news and complain on Facebook like crazy (laughs) and then go into meditation for 30 minutes and try to manifest the the partner of your dreams or manifest a um, new job because... Uh The energy you put out there is what you're going to get back. So, so it's more than what we just do during our half hour of spiritual practice. Yes, it's who you're being. And there's a difference between doing and being. Being is who you are energetically. How you show up in the world energetically. What you do or how you do that doesn't matter. You could be a dog groomer. If you show up being loving and kind and fun, then that's what what you bring to what you do in your life. And so think about this. If we're always creating, we're always creating first on the quantum field because that's where all possibilities exist. But then we have to bring it down into this reality. 
to experience it in 3D. Wow, that is such a gift to have. Now, any time in my life, I don't say I, no, okay, I'm going to back up a hair. Let me back up one minute. Okay. I don't believe in trying to create physical things. I go in and I ask, if I were complete joy, what would that, what would show up in my life? I surrender and allow that in my life. I Now, my personal intention every day, and it's very simple, um, is to love boldly and serve wisely. And I go in before I get up in the morning, I always say that. And then I go into my meditation and I say that, you know, energetically. And I say, show me what that means for me. And to me, that's the easiest way to co-create. Because the thing is that we, the old way of manifesting and which is creation, right? But manifesting in 3D is to create through ego. And I like to transform that and to create through my higher consciousness and create and co-create with the energy of oneness, of the one mind, of the um, divine. And when you co-create with the divine, you're bringing a whole new aspect to creation. Problem is most of us create from our, our issues. Most of us create from our subconscious. Most of us create from our, um, you know, traumas, past anger, sadness, grief, victimization, because that's what we know. And that's what's imprinted in our energy. It is imprinted, by the way, absolutely imprinted there. And that's why I like, I like to help or show or hopefully show people one way at least to transcend and transmute those lower frequencies because once you start transmuting and trans um, transforming those lower energies those lower frequencies lower belief systems you actually move into a higher consciousness and then you create differently on such a profound level and um I've seen this with my clients over and over and over again, that they are actually doing things that they never would have imagined themselves doing, Um, building businesses, um, finding the love of their lives, um, having this, you know, so many levels. I'm trying to think of some experiences. Oh, um, feeling passionate and powerful in their purpose in life, which when I say purpose, I mean that they feel on purpose in their life, not just one purpose. Who wants one purpose? That would be boring. Um, but finding their passion and, and really going for it and not being afraid to go for it. And those are the things that I want to help empower people to do because then you're building the collective creative So now we talked about the individual creative and what they're showing me and telling me, which I've never heard before, so this is new to me too, um, is then once you hit a certain frequency, we, we connect to the collective creative, 
Wow. And that's where the ascension really builds itself. Because if we can collectively create a new earth, they call it, or a new reality, then collectively we're creating a whole new experience. And think of what we've collectively created in the past in this world. Wow. I think I don't want any more of that. I think I wanted more focus on this collective creative. I think this is going to be more important to us as a whole. Is there a, when a person, two questions sort of combined into one, or you can answer this as separate, but these two thoughts just popped into my head. One is um, when a person is trying to create something, is it better, like, like, like some people will just be like, I just want to create money, you know? Um, or like, like in your situation, you're like, I just want to create joy and love. Um, but like, will those two result in, well, one result in a negative way, one in a positive. And the other question is, um, when trying to create, do we create from the quantum field down or, from the 3D world up. Great. Okay. Awesome. Now let me start. With, no, I, I know that was a lot. Up. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I actually, hopefully I wrote down enough that I'll remember. Um, so creation, it doesn't matter how you create because everything you create comes through in 3D anyway. Um, and I like to create through love and joy and connection um, because that's what's brought me the most profound experiences here in 3D. That includes furniture, money, cars, friendships, business opportunities, talking to you. Like, what's the difference? Because it's just an ex- it's just an expression of our creative energy that we put out there. If someone wants to create money, um, by the way, money's being created every day. I mean, I know in the U.S. how many, how many, um, how much money is actually printed <laughs> every day. So yeah, money's always being created, right? So right. don't think that there's ever lack because we'll just print more. <laughs> um, I don't feel that there's one, one thing is bad or good. Again, that's the duality that I've been shown so often that duality is just our experience. It's non-experience on so many other levels. And when we can transcend the attachment Due to duality, we really have come to a new place. And always there are always layers. So yeah, I believe that all creativity, we're always creating. Some people create more money. I mean, have you ever met that person? I know a, a person who, man, everything athletic comes to her really easily. She came from money. She's very pretty, very personable. Um, people really like her. Um, but I know her well, and I definitely, she's definitely the person I would avoid in my life, but things come easy to her. 
Now, does that mean that she did something different and created something that was um, so special and, and everything else? I don't necessarily believe that. I actually think that she's here experiencing her life the way that she's chosen to experience it. And that's with everything coming easy to her. Other people chose to have a lot of catalysts in their life to push them beyond their boundaries um, and, and pull them into hope, helping them create on a whole nother level. And neither one is right or wrong. They're just a bit different experiences. So yeah, I think that we're all creating anyway. Some people like to create, you know, ant farms or beehives. Other people like to create through books or video. You know, everybody has their own expression. If I want to manifest money, um, if I want to manifest something in my life, I actually just go in and I'll just say whatever's in the highest and best. Like, I actually don't use that word, I should say. I say, I surrender it all to you. Show me what's next. Right. See, see that's and what I, makes me afraid. Like, like I'm afraid, like if I were to try to say, put the intention out there to manifest more money, it's just going to result in more work for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh-uh. So, so yeah. Um, that's why you should say, you know, show me how I can be of service and help me live comfortably. Right? We don't right. make it about money. And living comfortably can be so many different things. It could be simple, um, less money. Yeah. Or it could be, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, our world lives, our world and our experience is about, you know, I like to drive my car. And I like cars that are easy to drive, who have a lot of bells and whistles. I like that. That I'm a little poshy with my car situation. Now, I don't drive like a Mercedes or anything crazy like that. But I like a little posh because I sometimes I drive for many hours. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, I just drove across the country to move to Sedona. Um, that was a huge experience for me. Um, but... And what's wrong with that? Why? What's wrong with wanting a, you know, poshy car? There's nothing wrong with that. And right. that's where people, if I see that as a negative thing, oh, well, that person made money and they're living in like, you know, a multi-million dollar house, that's bad. Then I'm actually telling the universe anything the universe, something the universe created is negative. I would never want to tell the universe that. I'm like, I love everything you've created. Look at that. Look at that experience that person's having. Wow, that's an amazing experience. Even if it's a negative experience, I recognize the gift. Even if it's a negative experience personally, I recognize the gift of that. And if we're telling the universe that it did something wrong, we're that is actually... Not bad because it's a, not a bad thing, mm -hmm. but it is showing, telling the universe, well, I'm a little, I don't want to create on that level. I want to hold back. I want to keep myself in my box. I want to keep myself tethered to a belief system. That's cool. Do that. But I 
say to the universe, what else is possible? Because I've experienced so many. I just keep on letting go and I'm just like, what else is there to experience? Because (laughs) I'm having a great time here. And even the crappy things, and believe me, my life isn't perfect, but I have tried to create on a level of service and love, and that's brought more positivity to my life than anything else. So yeah, I don't necessarily believe that it can be negative. Um, And then actually you asked another question um, about um, uh, creating up or down. Um, Remember everything is energy. Everything is is an energy and a frequency. It's really frequency. Let's not even call it energy. It's a, it's a vibration. It's a frequency. Everything. And on the third plane, on this level of experience on the earth, it's a very dense energy. It's a dense frequency. Um, and that's why things look solid in our experience. Um, on this level... And, and how the law of one kind of talks about it. And I may get this a little wrong, so I apologize. But how I understand it is that on this level of experience, you kind of have to go through time-space to experience it. But on um, once you hit like the quantum field, you're, there's no space and no time. Or it's like expansive space and expansive opportunities. So that's where you want to create. Because if you create in that energy without time space, then it's quick, it can be manifested quicker. Um, And it can manifest instantaneously. And I've actually had things um, manifest literally instantly. Um, um, I've had literally a $5 bill, like literally fall at my feet. And with witnesses, so I was not the only person to witness that. Um, and and that's just one example. Um, nothing substantial, like you know, I haven't had anything substantial show up. But that was many years ago, and um, I would create these energy grids. And um, in that energy grid, this literally nobody was close enough to me for it to have fallen out of a pocket or anything else. But that knowing that, and I asked like. Um, why did that happen? And a couple other things that like just showed up different, like time jumped, right? Um, I asked, well, why did I experience that? Because I knew it wasn't about the $5 bill. And what they said to me, if that is possible, anything's possible. So never limit yourself. And of course, I was told that to share that, right? We're all told these things to share these things. Um, So yeah, you want to kind of move into the quantum field and go from there because and what is the quantum field? What language does the energy of oneness speak? It's not the language of a picture. It's not the language of a chair or a dog. It's the language of frequency, of vibration. So when I go in there, I'm bringing my, my highest vibe and my biggest frequency. <laughs> and and that will create a whole different experience. And if enough of us do this, and this is the beauty of it, right? Nobody's special. No one. Not the top-notch people, not the people with the most money, not the people who are the poorest people. No one is special. We're all in this together. We're all unique. 
but we're all in this together. So nobody's special. If enough of us do this, then we'll jump frequency. So this is really how I kind of perceive time jumping. We'll jump frequency quickly as a collective and more people will have the availability to do that. And, um, and, and how much fun is that? that we're like doing it together. I don't want to do this alone. That would be boring, <laughs> right? We want to hang out and have a great time together. Absolutely. Experience this world together. Mm-hmm. Um, during the creation process, um, do you think a person could extend so far that they become their, entirely their own unique creative universe? Mm, that sounds fun. Um, like, can you imagine like extending so far that all of a sudden there's like an entire universe that's ex- that you've created, basically? Yes. Okay, so yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Uh, many years ago, I did a past life regression and um, I was shown how we as a collective, actually created our universe. This wasn't created by the quantum field. It was by a bunch of consciousness beings who came together. Now, again, this is my perspective. This Mm -hmm. is what I was shown. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong, by the way. You know, anything that people tell you, take it and, and look at it for your own perspective because that's really to me, the best way to create your own wisdom. Um, but what I was shown is that, yeah, that's how we actually created this experience. And how then we watched and we were like, well, what would it be like to be in that energy? So we would start putting our energy into the beings. And I remember, and I, I don't know if this is like a truth or just an experience or just my imagination And again, I don't believe that either is right or wrong, but I actually, I've never shared this really with very many people, so (laughs) I'm putting myself out there. But I remember in that moment, and even even thinking back about it, um, I remember that we were playing with different animals and how to create them, and we would put our consciousness into the animal. And, um, and I believe this is during Lemurian times, but I could be wrong, but we would put our consciousness into the animal and see what it felt like to be that animal. And I remember this so clearly or experienced it so clearly, like I can even now feel the muscles of that unicorn. Um, and I can feel how it galloped like a horse and I could feel its tail and its mane and the wind and it's, it's um, I could feel it. I don't know how else to explain. I could feel it. And I, and it was me. And um, so, yeah, I do believe that we are always creating a reality and, and of course we create universes because why would, again, it's limitless and it's fun. <laughs> So, so as, as so, then as more people extend and, and reach those levels, the more universes could possibly exist, and more endless experiences. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Dimensionally, I've seen all sorts of experience, all sorts of things people have. I don't want to say people, I'm saying consciousnesses have mm-hmm. created. You know, if you look at the quantum field and you think about, um, you know, physics, as far as I understand it, I'm definitely not a physicist, um, but there are so many possibilities of dimensions. And when I go into the quantum field, it's limitless. So there, I've come off and traveled different places and all those different places, there are so many different things and, and, and creations that, um, yeah, there's, it's limitless. And, and we're creating all sorts of interesting things. What is the most interesting thing that you've encountered in quantum field, if there is anything? <laughs> A quantum field? Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting, in the quantum field itself, the most interesting I've ever experienced has been um, the energy, vibration that is so profoundly real and loving and um, that I can't even give it words Um, that I how to fully be the energy of truth of uh, not truth unconditional love but even those words feel so limited (laughs) Uh Yeah, I mean that's the most profound thing I've ever experienced is is literally no longer seeing the world with limitations. Wow. So that's almost just seeing it from that oneness. Yes. Or like from a single point. Yes. Um when when we work with frequencies is it just frequencies like like that we're used to as humans, like you know, like musical notes or you know stuff like that, or is it something uh, you know that we don't perceive? Oh yeah, um, I don't believe that there is a limit to frequencies on this plane. There is a certain amount of limitation. Um, because we're still living in that 3D energy system. But as we raise our consciousness, know the frequencies um, build and build and build. And, um, you know, you think about dimensional beings or when we even pass on, we hold a different frequency than when we're in the egoic um, body system. And it's definitely a different frequency. So yeah, I don't believe that there's limitations. And, um, you know, we, we see, feel, hear, know certain frequencies. And then there are some that we have no way of calibrating. And look at just even in the quantum field, what they've done in the vacuum Um, in vacuums, right? The largest one I think is in Switzerland or something like that, where it's, they're they're testing in these vacuum systems. That that big, uh, I can't pronounce it, but it's like a collider. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's my goal to go see that. But anyway, um, that vacuum is just a possibility. And what they've just discovered and it is a vibration because everything is a vibration and what they've discovered in that 
is beyond what people would have comprehended 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Um, so yeah, we are just hitting the precipice of what's possible frequency-wise. And that's what the ascension is. It's really about raising the frequency. And it doesn't mean like we... Like, oh, you're holding that lower frequency, so you're not helping us as a collective. Maybe they are. Maybe <laughs> they're helping us. We don't know. Um, you know, don't be judgmental about like, and don't get a spiritual ego. And that's what happens to a lot of spiritual people. I watch this um, <clears throat> often. And because I perceived it, you know, hey, we all have a little bit of ego, not saying I don't or you don't, like we all have some ego happening. But what you want to be conscious of is saying, oh, well, you know, they're not at that level. Their frequency is lower. So, you know, they, they're they just not there yet um, because <laughs> they may surpass you tomorrow. <laughs> I've seen <laughs> it happen all the time. Um, so don't be judgy because judgy is judging self, right? Um, right. But yeah, everything's frequency. Mm -hmm. I think it's limitless. I think it's as, as um, limitless as the opportunity in the quantum fields, in the quantum field. Mm -hmm. Cool. One of the things you mentioned, the collider, and I, I think it was one of the experiments that they did in that collider where they created a black hole and they found that the black hole emitted a, a frequency that was the equivalent of B minor. <laughs> And it's kind of interesting because like B minor, I think with like most people is like the most sort of haunting, subtle key that you could play in. Nice. It's kind of I did cool. not hear that. Yeah, I did not know that. I did not know that. Well, don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I am. <laughs> I, 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 I read and, and talk to so many people. It's impossible for my brain to hold it all. <laughs> I get it. I get it. And and it's just, I think that that's just one frequency available in, in the black hole, by the way. Yeah, there has to I be more. I think that's what they were able I mean, to what, measure. Yeah, that perceived was. Or, or, yeah, or that's it was what they were able ours. to measure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Nice. Um. One of the things too, like, like I was talking to somebody about 3D reality and he put it in a mathematical terms of, of the number seven. We have seven colors, you have seven musical notes, we have seven this, we have seven that. And, and, and with that kind of deduction, he comes up with, you know, the idea of the holographic universe, you know, that, that everything is just sort of information. Um, do do and, and Maybe vibration is the, like, the, say the like vibration is our digital ones and zeros. And then that's all being turned into this reality. And it's just a holographic reality. Is that something that you would um, consider possible? So, like, we're in a, um, on Starship Enterprise and... <laughs> Well, similar, but not not, similar. not that. Not yeah, I know. Limited. I'm just laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I was just kidding. Um, absolutely, um, we are creating our reality here, 100. percent Because if there's no, and again, my perception. I'm saying 100 percent for me, 100. percent um, But yeah, I mean, first of all, seven is a very sacred number, 
it has it's in our um, ancient texts all over the place the number seven is definitely our it's it's a certain frequency certain vibration 100 percent um and right remember our whole universe is is in um it is created through grids and these grids have a mathematical formula now i am not a mathematician um but how I understand it is that these grids create this um, matrix, right, in the matrix, and um, they are geometric symbols, and then we take the energy from those geometric symbols and we bring it into a different reality, into a different reality until we get to 3D, and then we experience the physicality, and that's what I love now, you know, if you asked me 15 years ago, I'd say, dude, I'm done with this world. I, you know, just want to, you know, reincarnate myself out of here. It is <laughs> difficult. But what I've really realized is, wow, now I get it. I'm like, wow, what an opportunity. Like, I get to, you know, cook a great meal and I get to actually taste it. Um, I love water, by the way, and I've always loved water. So I love, um, like I have this new alkaline water and I'm like, oh my gosh, I every time I drink it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this tastes so good. The taste of it's delicious. I couldn't experience that if I were an if ethereal being. We're not, we get to actually experience in, in a way a 3D reality and touch it, feel it, taste it, smell it in a way that you can't do on other planes of existence. So it's an opportunity that we have. But yeah, I do believe that it comes down through mathematical formula, definitely through the grids. A lot of my ascension work is, is um, connecting to the... Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. Please like and review this podcast on whatever platform you are using. It helps this podcast move up in the ranks and easier for people to find. Also, tell your friends, family, co-workers, and even that weird uncle. And tell it be that weird uncle. If anyone wants to be a guest, you can email me at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Our website is www.everythingimaginable2020.com and Patreon is patreon.com forward slash everythingimaginable. You can make a donation to support this podcast. Remember, everything that is was first imagined. Thank you for listening and see you next week. You know, yes, you can also buy my book, Enlightenment Guarantee, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and paperback.